headquartered in Southern California. Welcome to the full service, award-winning sales and customer acquisition company. Cornerstone Marketing Concepts Daily Sessions. Be a cornerstone. So look, today's topic is we're trying to talk about how to maintain production as a trainer. Because to be frank, I've been here for I think like three years now. And uh, I've done it the right way and I've done it the wrong way. And I've learned that there is a system that, you know, we should be trying to follow while we're out there training that'll allow us to still hit our targets and still, you know, maintain influence with the company. Because like, if you're training people and you're like, you only have one sale for the week, it's not very impressive, you know? And I know training somebody can slow you down if you're not doing it right. Especially because it's basically like an infant. You got to teach the baby how to crawl, how to, you know, eat. You got to teach the baby how to walk, how to talk eventually. Right. So it's very similar to this business. When they come into the company, they don't know nothing about nothing. And you got to like enlighten them about how how it is what we do. So, you know, step number one, the mistake I see a lot of rookie trainers do is they try to teach before they make a sale. So like the new guy goes with them into the field and they're sitting down and going over the five day checklist first off. And they're, you know, teaching them what C factor is, teaching them this and that and that, which is like, it's okay to teach, right? But there's a time and a place. And when you're out there training somebody, one of the highest priorities that you should have as a trainer is to show them the money. You need to score a sale and show them that it's possible, right? That's like the whole real reason why you're out there. You got to show them that this opportunity is real and they can make money. Now, once you score, once they see that you can make money, now they're going to be more ears. They're going to be more susceptible to listening, right? Because they're going to be like, wow, how'd you do that? At that point, that's a great opportunity to start teaching. But if you do the opposite and you like teach first and don't make any sales, then two things are going to happen. One, you're going to waste time. And as we know, time in the field is very, very important. The more time you have talking to people, the more opportunity for money you make. Right. Uh, the other mistake is if, if you, you know, just talk and teach and then you roll a zero. Now the trainee is going to be like, dude, I'm learning from an amateur. Like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Joseph said, lose influence. Exactly. Like you, you don't look good. So when we're out there, we got to remain, remember this number one step, step number one, the most important part is focus on making the sale first. Okay. Execute first and then teach. Now I know there's going to be dialogue between you and the rep uh, in between doors. Right. I also think that is a great opportunity for teaching as well. So in between doors, while you're walking to the next business, that is a great opportunity for you to start, you know, teaching different stuff like, oh, um, did you notice my hand, you know, doing this when I said, hey, what's up, guys? So like little stuff like that. Well, when you're out there in the field, in between doors and after the sale, those are great little opportunities for you to start teaching. But the most important part is focus on getting yourself a sale first and then teach. Okay, so that's number one. Now, let's see if you guys are following along here. Uh, let's see, Travis. Travis, why should we focus on our own sale first? 
because we need to show the new guys that we know what we're doing instead of just teaching them like like what we have burned into our brain. You know, yes, we, we do this thing on a day-to-day -day basis, so it's in our brain, it's burned into our brain, but can we actually show them and go out and, and show them a sale, show them that we can do what we're preaching, not just, you know, talk, talk, no walk. You, know, you gotta walk the talk, not just talk the talk. Oh yeah, okay, that was good. Good job, Travis. You get a golden star today. Thank so, you. Yes, you're welcome. Um, so yeah, don't just talk the talk, you gotta walk the walk. That's cool. So number two, number two, um, one thing that I've learned, you know, just from observing other rookie trainers and also from observing myself is the people that are really good at training, they take very short breaks. The people that are bad at training, they take hour lunches or more, right? I'm not saying don't have a break. You know, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, when I'm out there in the field, I eat and the first thing, that's the first thing I do, I eat. And then I just go, 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 go. And I don't stop for nothing, right? So that's what I do. Uh, I'm a little bit of an outlier. If you want to be like the top 1%, you would do what I do. But if you want to have breaks, you know, you want to make sure that they're short breaks. A mistake I see that's kind of common is I see trainers sit down at a restaurant for like an hour, hour and a half with the trainee and... I mean, in prime time too, I'm talking about three o'clock lunch. Like, boy, what is you doing, you know? Uh, as we know, field time is super valuable, right? We get, you know, roughly five good hours of opportunity when we're out there. So let's not squandle it. Let's not swindle it with, uh, you know, taking our lunches in the middle of prime time. It's just bad business. If you show your trainee that, that it's like okay to take hour lunches when you're not with them, they're gonna take hour lunches too. And the fact of the matter is they're not even half as competent as you are starting out. So if you're teaching them bad habits and they're even 50% as good as you are, when they have that five hours, you know, limited to three and a half hours now, they're not gonna produce. They're gonna be rolling a lot of zeros very often, right? The whole idea with trainees is to get them making a lot of money pretty quickly, right? We don't want them rolling zeros. We want to build their confidence. We want them to understand that, yes, they could do this. Yes, they could build out a career with us, but it starts with, you know, us showing them the, the way pretty much. You know, like in Star Wars, The Mandalorian, they say, this is the way. Well, when we're talking about training, this is the way, man. We got to follow the seven habits and, you know, stick, stick to them. So that was number two. Now, this is what I do when I'm training out there, and, and it's pretty effective. So let's say you already went through the five-day checklist, right? Technically, they should be competent at how to close a deal by now. Most of the time, they are not going to be, though. And the reason why is because it's still so fresh. And a lot of them don't have previous sales experience, right? So the product knowledge, it takes like a little bit of a learning curve to really master it. So this is what I do. Um, I'll actually like on week number two, if I don't have a new trainee and I'm still focusing on getting this person competent, what I'll do is I'll work the same area with them. I'll hit maybe five to 10 doors with the trainee just so, to break the ice. And then in between those two doors, I'll have them, uh, you know, hit one, I'll hit the next one, vice versa. After that, what I'll do is I'll have them work on one side of the street 
and I'll work on the other side of the street and then we'll meet in the middle. And I'll tell them like, look, if you could close a deal, close it. If you can't, but you can pull me a bill, call me. I'll go over there and we'll, we'll split the sale, right? That's a very effective strategy on how to maximize your time. Cause literally you're multiplying yourself. If you think about it, right? Like this is, this is two scenarios. You could be hitting doors with them all day long, same doors, two people, right? So that's, that produces X amount of doors contacted. But if you throw them out there, kind of like a boomerang, they hit the opposite end, you hit this end, you guys actually conquer more ground. You know, the divide and conquer strategy works really well when it comes to training. I think this is called like the boomerang, boomerang training or something like that. I think Stefan had mentioned it like that. But you send them out there, you tell them, go find me a bill, I'll go close the deal, right? They'll get paid, you know, whatever your agreement was with them. Usually with new guys, if they pull the bill with me, I'll give them 50 bucks. I'll give them 50 bucks if I close the deal, right? I think it's fair. If they help me close the deal and I feel like they added a lot of value with the sale, I'll actually split it with them. You know, I'm not, I'm not against that. But one thing's for sure, when we're out there in the field, you're gonna hear this a lot, time is money. So you get more time by saving it, right? So you save time by maximizing your reach when you're out there and you can maximize your reach by sending out the trainee, having them work on a separate side, okay? So we understand how that works, right? Does anybody have any questions? Okay, the one thing I also wanna point out is we also wanna get these new guys independent quicker. We don't want them to be dependent on, on daddy. Okay, we want them to be really good at closing deals by themselves. So how do we do that? How do we do that, Gio? Well, one is you gotta put them in that position to learn early on. If you're hitting doors with them and you never let them go by themselves and you never throw them to the wolves, so to speak, they're never gonna grow up. They're always gonna be a toddler. They're always gonna need you there. And the last thing we want is a team full of people that are so codependent that they don't work when you're not there or they're not effective when you're not there you know because then basically it wouldn't be much of a business right you just gave yourself a job right and the whole point is to grow your business right we want you guys to level up and develop yourself into a position where like, you feel like you actually have a business going right so you want to get the guys independent when they're independent and they're good at being independent they're more of an asset to your team so this rubber band training, this uh, boomerang training that I'm just teaching you guys right now, it works because it puts them in a position where they have to learn on their own. They're gonna face customers that are gonna give them objections that they've never encountered before. And you're not gonna be there to handle it. So they're gonna have to either two things. One, fall on their face, which is gonna happen, which is a good thing. Two, they're gonna come up with something random some way something that they've never learned from you but they're gonna make it up and they're gonna overcome that objection or three you know they're gonna not say anything and leave but either way it's a learning experience for them and they're gonna get more comfortable for the next time so uh, this is why it's very effective to do this now all while this is happening all while they're they're learning by themselves you know, they're learning how to come up with certain rebuttals for objections by themselves. While this is happening, you're still hitting doors on the other side of the street. 
you're still talking to customers, you know, making sales on your own. You see what I'm saying? This is what I mean when you're maximizing the opportunity. Because now what? Like, let's say you close a deal. The other guy, your trainee, he's like blowing you up. Hey, man, I need you to come down here. I need your help. You're closing a deal, right? You'll be like, all right, I'll be there. You got a sale. You go there. You go down there. You got another one. It's a very effective strategy. I use it a lot with my personal recruits and my, my trainees. So definitely, I would recommend you take advantage of the boomerang method. Go out there, just send them. If they grab you a bill, you know, now it's a numbers game. Now there's opportunity knocking at the door, you know? So that was number three. If I go too fast or you want me to go over something again, let me know. Number four, how to maintain production as a trainer when we're out there in the field. Number four is when you guys close deals together, put the sale under your name and then pay them out. So before I explain why, uh, let me see, Jeremy, do you know why it's a good idea to put the sale under your name? Um, it's more beneficial to me, I suppose, because everybody's looking at my numbers as a leader. Um, and then you also don't want to just like give it to them. I've been in that position before where you just kind of uh, just give it to one of your guys, but it, they don't really feel like they earned it. They got to feel like they earned it for their first one. So I feel like that's really important. If they are codependent on you being there to close their deals, they're not going to close their own deals. But also, I have a standard to hit, right? I have to hit four per week, all leaders do. So we have to uh, make sure we're hitting our numbers as well. Yeah, man, you hit it right on the head. So one if you do it one time they're gonna start expecting it for future times right like let's say let's say i'm working with ryan i know ryan you're a freaking sales dog you're a killer in the field you freaking you know you, you hunt and you kill you're very effective at it right but let's just for example say let's say ryan's a new guy i'm training ryan right and we're out there in the field there's a customer ryan is engaging but ultimately i'm the one that closes the deal and I put it under Ryan's name just to help him feel good. What's gonna happen the next time that we close a deal together, he's gonna expect that, right? And when, when they start expecting things and we don't give what they expect, they're gonna feel resentment towards us. So the next time that happens and I put it under my name, even if Ryan doesn't mention it to me, he is subconsciously or consciously, he's gonna start thinking like, hey, that sale should have been mine. You know, he's gonna start thinking like that. So one is, you know, you don't want them to expect things that are not true. Like if you close the deal, you close the deal. Um, two, to your point, Jeremy, yes, you, uh, leaders, we all do definitely have a standard to hit, right? So four is the standard. And if we're putting it under their name, that kind of limits us by making us not look as good as far as the stats, as far as the scoreboard. So when we put it under our name, now your name's up there, right? And you hold more influence than the trainee. Nobody's really looking at the trainee, man. People are looking at your production. They're looking at your numbers. We're gonna hold you accountable to what you put on the board, right? <clears throat> now, that's not to say don't pay the trainee, right? Like if me and Ryan close that deal, I'll put it under my name, yes. You know, I'll take the credit for it, but I'll tag him on the chat and I'll make sure to add him and give him some credit so he can feel some sort of, 
you know, like, yeah, man, I, I actually did help, you know? That's one way to give them credit. But two, when it comes to payroll on Sunday and we're going through the payroll, make sure to make a note to Mo or Stefan and be like, look, man, um, you know, give Ryan 50% of this sale because he helped me close it. That way they still make the money and they also get, you still, you still get the credit, right? So this is, you know, what I do and I encourage you guys to do this so you maintain influence with the company, okay? Cool. So, I mean, we pretty much went over four things so far. Uh, number five. Number five is a big one, okay? So, we're talking about how to maintain production when we're out there, you know, being a leader and a trainer in the field. Number five is you got to have clear communication on what's expected from the trainee. So, let me elaborate here. When we're out there training people, right, you're going to you're gonna see that there's different personalities. There's different levels of initiative. Some people, they wanna be more involved. Other people, they're more scared, more reserved. They wanna just observe. They don't really wanna engage as much as the as, as much as you with the customer. Um, some people are gonna to wanna to engage more than you would like. But this is why it's important to have clear communication with the trainee. If I'm training somebody, I'm gonna tell them like, look, man, if you see me closing somebody, I need you to shut up and just watch, take notes. I've had this happen to me before. This is a rookie mistake, not having that upfront conversation. And I'm closing somebody, and then the trainee who is largely incompetent on the product, doesn't know fully what the product consists of and how it works, starts telling the customer about the second year the price goes up because it's a one-year promo. And and you know what happened? The trainee fumbled my sale. So now the customer does not trust me because now the other person wearing the AT&T shirt is saying something different than what I just said. And now the customer is not feeling certain about the decision. And now the sale went to the trash. You know, that that's a real thing. It happens more like more often than, than we actually, you know, give credit to. So it's important we have this clear communication with the trainee. Shut up. I need you to not say nothing, all right? Because it'll ruin the sale. Now, it, it works both ways. Um, when the trainee feels like they got it, like they have the sale and they could, they could close it, and you jump in prematurely, they're gonna feel like, ah, oh, this guy's just trying to steal my sale, you know? Which is not the case. You know, I know we, we feel like we'll, we're trying to save it, but you need to have that communication with the trainee as well. So one thing also to keep in mind is you gotta have some sort of signal of when to jump in. So I like to tell my trainees, if you need me to jump in and you're stuck, I need you to just look back, just look back at me and then I'll know to jump in. Something, it could be verbal, it could be non-verbal, but there has to be some sort of signal because if there's no, like if you guys are not on the same page as far as communication goes there's going to be frustration there's going to be turnover there's going to be lost sales right and all those things i just mentioned are things that we want to avoid like the plague <laughs> right so if the, you know so you got to have those two things one you got to let the trainee know when to shut up two you also got to let the trainee know when to let you know to jump in okay because if you jump in and they feel like they're closing the deal, they're gonna get upset with you because they feel like, man, this guy's just trying to steal my sale. 
Yes, expensive advice. Yep, I learned the hard way. You know, I feel like you know, really, that's that's a lot of ways how we learn. But you know, take it from me. Cool. Now there's there's one last thing. Number six. Number six is the seven habits. Right? We talk about them. By now, we we all should be very competent at the seven habits. Right? But now it's important we embody them. When we're out there in the field, especially when we're having a training. Like, look, if you get started late, let's say it's freaking 12 o'clock and you're still not in the field, I'm not going to get super mad at you because I know that you guys could work from 12 to 6 and still make a sale, right? That's not what I'm mad about. What I'll get mad about is if it's freaking 1 o'clock and you're meeting up with your trainee at 1 o'clock. What are you teaching the trainee? You're teaching them that it's okay to start in the afternoon, right? It might not sound like a big deal, but what happens when the trainee starts working by themselves? They saw you start at one o'clock. They're, they're going to think it's okay to start at three o'clock. They're going to think it's okay to start at four o'clock. And their competence is very, very low. Their competence is very, very low in the beginning. So what's going to happen is they're going to try to copy you because they saw you do it, right? They're like, oh, he could start at one. I could start at two, you know, and they're going to work four hours and get their ass handed to them. That's what's going to happen, right? So they will only be, this is, I don't know if hundred percent this is true, but I've heard it from different people. They, uh, the people that you're training, they will only ever be 80% as competent as you were. Have you guys heard that before? Let me see your raising hands. No. Yes. Your trainee will only be 80% as competent as you are. So I don't know if this is true because I've seen sometimes where the trainee outperforms the master. I've seen that before, but I do know that in the beginning, this is kind of true. Like, cause you're already really competent on the campaign. You know how to submit an order. You know how to do a speed test. You know that one VoIP line is $30. You know that HCM 24 megs is 30 bucks. If you're, if it's a new customer, but they don't know that stuff. So they're very incompetent. So it's important. It's like super important that in the beginning you show them nothing else besides the seven habits. Stefan, he always likes to say this quote. He says, new guys are like wet cement. You have a short window to leave an impression. And that whenever you leave that impression, it sticks. Right? So like if you show your new guys seven habits and you show them how to work effectively in the field, they're going to know nothing else. They're not going to have bad habits. Because why? Because they've never learned them. They only learned the stuff that you taught them. I know Anthony Aguilar, he's like one of the best of the best, right? We, we always praise him for being like the, the golden boy or whatever. Um, he was taught the seven habits. And that's one of the reasons why he showed high success because he did not have no bad habits at all. From the very beginning, he you know applied what he learned and I, I didn't show him bad habits. I showed him good habits. And we saw the results of that, right? So if you guys land somebody that's really competent like an Anthony Aguilar on your team, Yes, they could take your team to the next level. But as a leader, you got to be prepared for that. You don't know when the Anthony Aguilar is going to land on your team, right? All you know is that you got a new guy on Monday. Is that going to be the, you know, the next 10x closer? Maybe, maybe not. But the point is you got to be ready every time you're training somebody, right? And showing the seven habits is imperative, okay? If I would have went to the field at one o'clock with Anthony, right, it, it would have not 
played out well. He would have learned that that was the norm because that's what I taught him. But because I didn't, we saw the results of that, right? So we got to make sure the seven habits are things that not only we teach, but we walk it like we talk it, okay? Now, there's there's two last things I want to go over. So one, the seven habits, it's the foundation, right? Um, this is like the building block from which everything is built on top of, right? This is the foundation. The other thing that we could build on is, you know, sand. Sand would be, you know, a shifty foundation. It's not very solid. Uh, sand is something that like, if very wavering in commitment. So like, if we're building our foundation on sand, we're showing the new guy, it's okay to, it's okay to work the field at one o'clock. It's okay to take an hour lunch break. It's okay to, um, on Wednesdays, start to feel that three o'clock. That's the sand. But if we're trying to build on solid foundation, it's the seven habits. Okay. The seven habits is the, the foundation.